1: to another edition of Alex McCarthy's Wrestling Daily. It's a new week, and that means it's a Tuesday show, which normally does mean a phone-in. But that's not going <laughs> to happen tonight, I'm afraid. Um, we've had some technical difficulties in the sense that um, my usual laptop, which would home this, it doesn't have the same login, so thus I can't do all the things I need to do. Uh, Louis away tonight, so Steph has delightfully got the Hello. whole thing. She has tagged in indeed. Um, so it's just going to be a show of me and Steph talking about Raw, I guess. Um, and we're going to obviously take your questions throughout for free uh, because, of course, you would have had the chance to come and do the phone-in, but because of technical problems, i.e. my shit laptop, <laughs> you're not able to. So it's going to be this way for the next two days until I get my laptop back. I'm not even... Sitting with my usual, I can't even sit at the table, Steph. I can't even know yeah, it's earlier. like, where are you? I can't even do that because this laptop, the cable wire is like terrible. I can't even get to the table.
2: Um, oh my gosh. Well, what a way to start the week.
1: I forgot how terrible this uh, this laptop is. It's the slowest thing in the world. It's been so painful, but nonetheless, here we are. On the show, and as you can probably tell my it was my missus' birthday on Friday, she was 30. Yes, so happy
2: birthday.
1: There you have it. Um, this is still not been taken down for some reason. It's a backdrop now. There you go.
2: I like it, it makes it party atmosphere. I like <laughs> it.
1: Either way, um, you guys are still welcome, of course, to do your uh, ultra chat. Should you wish, of course, that means we you know dictate the conversation. You want to talk about takeover. Raw, whatever you want to talk about, that can take us in another direction. And of course, you have the power to do that with wrestle talk.com forward slash wrestling daily. Speaking of wrestling daily, Steph, they should give us a thumbs up, they should give us that subscribe. We are on our way to 15k, which is when war games will take place. But we will get on to many things tonight. Helen cell I'm assuming. We'll come up. Mm-hmm. We've got Raw from last night. We do have NXT TakeOver. It's WWE-centric, Steph, your yeah. favourite.
2: <laughs> hey, I-, I watched everything in, in preparation.
1: <laughs> you sent me a screenshot of-, of you watching Raw earlier. You couldn't have sent me a better clip. It was Elias and Jackson <laughs> Riker.
2: Yeah, I watched it outside uh, in the sun to make it a little, little bit more bearable i certainly did not watch it live last night that's for sure god damn no um but i, I think you know there's some interesting and in, well one interesting bit in particular from the show so at least it wasn't one where there's nothing to talk about
1: yes absolutely that is the case um we do have some good comments coming in from you guys in the live chat um make sure obviously you give us your questions throughout the show if you have anything in particular if i see something good I will get you up on screen. Tyler Woodward uh, says that Alex's internet fears me. Um, You know, he was meant to take on Louis tonight in the, um, in like a quiz. We were going to do a quiz off, but it's not my internet that fears you. We're here. Louis's not here. He's the one who took off. Come on, take take exception with him. Um, Mm -hmm. But otherwise, let's start off. With RAW, shall we? Shall yeah, we? Yeah, let's do bit? it. Now, <laughs> there, there's a there's a few different things to touch on, a few different areas from RAW. Now, why don't yeah. we start with the big talking point last week, which of course was Alexa Bliss and Shayna Baszler.
0: Now,
1: mm-hmm. Shayna wasn't anywhere to be seen, but apparently she's going to be facing her Eleanor cell, Steph. So, apparently. I mean, they haven't really explained what happened. I don't know if they, they probably won't. Um, but the continuation of this story was with Nia Jax. Uh, what did you make, Steph, of what unfolded on Raw?
2: Well, um, I felt not as sorry for Nia as I did for Shayna. No. Uh, thing I was, like, really confused at <laughs> just Nia and... Um, Reginald being there. I don't know why that just suddenly confused me because of the match that I saw of Shayna and Reginald. And I was like, oh, gosh, these two are still a thing. Okay. Um, And then I felt like the match was pretty normal uh, until Alexis started with her uh, hypnotizing eyes. And yeah, I just was... (laughs) I just, I think it just went over me. I was like, okay, this is happening. We're continuing with this Alexa thing. She's hypnotized someone. Is the storyline now going to be that Reginald is under her spell and that's Naya's man? So Naya goes after her. I don't know where this could possibly go. Uh, Confused about Shayna taking on Alexa at Hell in a Cell. I think that's probably going to be pretty terrible, especially for Shayna fans like me. And yeah, not my highlight of the show.
1: Yeah. Um, Do you think maybe that Alexa Bliss, the character will, I I don't want to say lighten up, but um, (laughs) when fans come back, there will be like less of it.
2: Yeah. I think it's something fans are not going to like, like live fans. I think it will be a heavily booed thing. I think we got a bit of a taste when we saw the Fiend match at WrestleMania, where it was very what the hell is this? And did not work in front of a live crowd. And it was just a real down moment on what was a pretty hot two night show that finally had fans back. It just, yeah, there's a lot of stuff they can't do in front of the live fans. It just, just doesn't work. Mm.
1: I mean, they had those problems with the fiends regardless, like, you know, the red light you know, and all of that stuff that people did not dig. Um, You know, he did have good outings with like Daniel Bryan and whatnot, but, who doesn't? But um, otherwise, the characters in front of a live crowd is difficult, uh, particularly in a match scenario, I mean. Yeah. Um, I, I just wonder for Alexa. Like, I don't know what the end goal is or if they're just kind of, you know, running with this and seeing how far they can take it. Is, is Bray going to come back into the fold eventually? They haven't even, you know, Bray did that promo after Mania about, mm-hmm. kind of, you know, oh, it's fine. And then we haven't seen them since. There's nothing... Continue, no continuation or anything, it's just a very strange path. It feels, it feels what I'm trying to say is it feels like they're kind of making up as they go along.
2: It really feels like they are. The fiend character, um, I mean, it, it, they he has just these storyline moments that will go on for like a couple of weeks and then he just disappears, and they just it feels like they just let him do a lot of crazy ideas and then give them two months off and it's just a weird cycle but now we've got alexa in there like taking over and i just i can't have see how this is going to go um i don't know maybe they could bring in some other kind of magician that just turns them back into normal wrestlers and we all move gone. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, maybe that's it. They're like, and, you
2: know, that's end game. They just, <laughs> so someone comes in, like as Scarlett comes up from NXT, yeah. casts a spell on them, and suddenly they're like, oh, we're normal wrestlers again. Oh, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Maybe that is it. Um, Yeah, it's it, I mean, it's interesting because I don't know if they're, I was talking about this the other day. They're doing Charlotte and Rhea Ripley. Now, Ripley's faced yeah. as- Asker a million times, including last night. So a part of me is like, man, where are they gonna head to at SummerSlam for the women's title? I mean, they could just keep doing Charlotte and Rhea, but Yeah. Realistically, Alexa's probably gonna get in the picture at some point. She probably is.
2: It's bad news for the women's division. <laughs> title picture,
1: all of it. That's bad. Actually, that's the thing with those characters. They put themselves in positions where it's like, oh, well, this person can't lose. They dominate everyone, and then they like have to come up with these ridiculous, insane ways as we learn with Wyatt, how he should yep. lose. Or they ruin it by just going, oh, well, now he is beaten. Like the mixed messages yep. that we got with Goldberg in The Fiend. It was like, what, just the spear? Is that it? Um, mm-hmm. So, I, it's a, it was a very difficult... I, I really enjoy the characters in a way, right? Like, um, the performances sometimes. Like I, I think Wyatt inside the Firefly Funhouse is great and i do think alexa has done as well as you could imagine in pivoting to the character but the
2: way it translates to the ring is so difficult yeah yeah it's just bad it just it's i don't know i don't want to say it's not for wrestling but it's not for wrestling Mm, it's maybe for another wrestling universe like a lich underground universe but it's not for wwe
1: that's not a bad shout uh Mm -hmm. speaking of the wrestling universe Somebody made their way from NXT UK last night in Piper Niven. She made her debut as Eva Marie's muscle. Are we calling it that? I don't know. Um, but either way, Piper Niven squashed Naomi. Two-time women's champion Naomi got a squash. Um, but it was a strong debut. It looks like you know Eva is going to do what she did last time. I'm going to wrestle? No, not really. And she just has Piper do her bidding uh, I will say Piper Niven is a heel. Is, is that what is that what it is? I, I don't know. What, what do you think? What did you make of all of Well, this is
2: the this is the one bit of all that I was really uh, wanted to see what they were going to do with Eva's debut, and I have to say, as a concept, I I loved it. I do actually love it, but. I just had a few problems with the execution. I thought the commentary on it was really, really bad. I would have had them say completely different things. Um, because when Eva walked out, I get that they were meant to be like, oh, wow, it's, it's Eva Marie, she's back. But like the total no-selling of the fact that she had another girl walking with her yeah, was totally. ridiculous. It um
1: way too long, didn't it? Way too I, long to acknowledge her.
2: I honestly think when she came out that it should have just been like, it's even more who is this behind her? You know, like this kind of thing. Like, it was just so, that bit was really badly done. And then I don't like the whole, who is she when she's been with the company for so long? You know, like, who is this woman? This woman, you know, she didn't get a name or anything. Um, I didn't like that. But I really liked her, like Eva, just her getting in the ring, just taking the match. I mean, let's not get into how that's, legal in the wrestling world but <laughs> it apparently is so i really like that and um i liked at the end eva announcing herself as the winner i don't think that piper herself is a heel she the way she portrayed it like <laughs> eva reminded me very much of like a if anyone knows who i'm talking about jeffrey star character because mm-hmm. she was so uh, the way she dealt with Piper was, like, so cold and so, like, yes, good for you. And, like, so, like, attention on her. And Piper seemed like someone who had been brainwashed by watching Eva Marie's videos. She seemed really naive, like, oh, my gosh, I just won. Wasn't that amazing? And not even getting that Eva's no-selling her win and taking it for herself. So I, if they're going to play it where Piper she herself is not a bad person. She's kind of like this naive brainwashed person and Eva can obviously see that Piper's way better wrestler than her, way like more dominant person than her and she can use her to advance herself in WWE. I think it could turn into being a really good storyline. I just the only thing that annoyed me was the commentary.
1: Yeah, no I agree it's, I was I, 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 like Piper was walking down the ramp. I was like, why aren't they saying anything? Like, it took them way too long.
2: They should have had such shock, like, and they should have known it was Piper Niven. Like, they could you not play that into the storyline? Could you not be like, you know, Piper Niven was sitting in NXT UK and she saw Eva Marie's videos and it just Mm. inspired her to like stand up and say, "No, I'm coming to Florida to meet this amazing woman," and like, like just something, you know. So like who's that? That makes you look so dumb.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, it's one of them things as well. <laughs> Is she going to be Piper Niven now? According to reports, her name—I know that Sean Ross Sapp has been talking about this—could be Dowdrop. And if I say that correctly, spell um, <laughs> D O U drop.
2: Okay, they could still have her as Piper Niven who took on that name that was given to her by Eva Marie. It just seems so weird not to acknowledge it. It
1: feels weird to like, yeah, change the whole package. Why would you do that? Like you wouldn't do that for, um, you know, Kaylee Ray. Mm -hmm. You're not going to send Kaylee Ray over to the main roster and be like, Oh, here is cookie. I I don't know. (laughs) Right. Like it's, you know, do, do drop whatever it is. It's just ridiculous. Um, I, I, for anyone who doesn't know, obviously, you, you kind of laid it out a little bit, Steph. Like, Piper has done a lot. She's wrestled all over the world. Um, you know, she's yes. got a great history of a lot of different women. Anyone who doesn't watch NXT UK, and I'm well aware that it's not everyone's cup of tea, but even her body of work there with Kaylee Ray, the triple threat with Kaylee Ray and Tony Storm at Blackpool 2, Piper is very, very good. Like, don't get yeah. it twisted. You know? Very young classic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no. very good point. Um, you know, I've seen a lot of the narrative online today being about how she looks, which is very strange in NXT. Like that was never like a point of reference. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and I can see a lot of people are worried that maybe they're going to go down. Uh, you know, they did it with Nia Jax to begin with the whole fat shaming stuff and uh, bullying or whatever. And I just don't, doesn't need to be, she's been very successful yeah. in NXT UK. It doesn't need to be that way. She's like super impressive for the build that she carries.
2: Yeah, when I first saw Piper in the Mid Young Classic, um, I thought, yeah, she's totally a breath of fresh air. But just her athleticism, I, I just thought she was brilliant. She was the person that really stood out for me in that tournament. Um, and I never thought she should have been in NXT UK. I thought she should have gone NXT WWE. This is a attention grabbing way to bring her in because for how many weeks have people been, um. Worried about what Eva Marie will do, or that we're going to have Eva Marie like all this discussion around Eva Marie. And it's quite a good little swerve to have it that. Her introduction is actually to elevate someone else and give us a new woman in the women's division that's actually a really good wrestler. So that's cool. Um I hope they don't turn it into any of those, you know, bad stuff that they maybe did with Nia Jax before. I I would just keep her character as someone who's, yeah, maybe a bit naive to buy into Eva Marie and you know that's her personality rather than anything else.
1: Yeah, and I feel like it was probably the natural conclusion for for. For Piper in NXT UK as well. Like her, her main story, of course, was with Katie Ray. They have mm-hmm. great history anyway. And once Katie Ray kind of got in, into it with Miko and Piper yeah. had, had had all her shots, really, it was just a case of waiting for her to get stateside. The more yeah. and more I think about it. And, of course, now it looks like, you know, Aoife Valkyrie, um, Ami- I always forget her name, Amelia McKenzie, um, they will be the two that maybe circle Miko Satomura for the title, and I know yeah. you know Isla Dawn's had a bit of a character change, you know the witchy stuff and uh, Ginny as well. Like so, so, NXT UK are kind of moving on to their next phase. It seems. Yeah. I yeah. I, I, I don't know whether Kaylee Ray has another crack at the title before she comes back because technically it's one all, right? She beat Miko, Miko mm-hmm. beat her. You would have, you know, if it was if we're talking like UFC, it'd be like the rubber stamp match, who wins? But um, I don't know if that's going to be the case or not. Either way. You add Katie Ray and Piper to NXT or the main rosters. I think Katie Ray will go straight to the main roster at this point. When she does come, that's like a Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens type dynamic where you know whatever yeah. you can always you can always go back to him, whatever you want.
0: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
1: Let's move on with Raw, shall we? Because in the main event, we will circle back. But in the main event, Drew McIntyre and AJ Styles, right? I mean, that's a bit of a match to throw away, but, um, you know, wow. Uh, it's weird though, because AJ Styles has been in tag team action. Yes. And you kind of forget that Raw has that, you know, I, I don't want to, you know, it's a funny, ironic thing to say because he is with a giant, but he is a bit of a sleeping giant yeah. on the on the brand because he's not, you don't do much with him, do they? He has like the odd segment in tag, tag team stuff. Yeah. And you're like, oh, man, you know, you forget they've got AJ Styles on their roster. So it was cool to see him in the main event, at least. Uh, and then, obviously, it turns into the tag or whatever. And WWE's obsession with pinning champions reared its ugly head once again. Well, Steph, what did you make of it?
2: Um, firstly, watching it, I felt like AJ was the baby face. That was my first like takeaway. So AJ's totally the baby face here. Um and I actually thought they should they should go with them as a babyface team, AJ almost. But that's another discussion. Um, I thought the ending of this was really, really daft. I mean, it's I know it's like pin the champion before the pay-per-view. So you think that the challenger has a chance of winning. But at the same time, it was like, um, why is he? He's kind of finally achieving the thing he had to achieve, you know, pinning. Um, Lashley like that, so yeah. it's just a bit feels I don't know a bit lazy or something. So didn't impress me very much. Didn't get me excited for Hell in a Cell. I don't see Drew winning. Hopefully, but I want this feud between the two of them to end. They <laughs> need to move on. It's been so long, so yeah. long. It's been like the whole year, pretty yeah. much. You know,
1: like yeah. we're 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 heading to the end of June. You know, literally like half a year. Like, come on now um mm-hmm. let, let's get away from Drew. yeah this is me saying it let's get drew out of the world type picture and i love drew but come on man like let lashley do his thing um let let lashley let his reign grow so that he can get to lesnar let drew sink his teeth into something else drew has been like exclusively linked to the title save for a few matches with sheamus mm-hmm. since last like wrestlemania 36 it's too much. It's too much. Like you know, because the thing is, it's gonna the powers will work in reverse eventually. You know that whole oh, you know he did so well during the pandemic, and he really did. He really, really did. Like in 2020, I thought he did great. And that whole you know, people we want to see fans. You know, give Drew his. You if you keep him in this spot, it's gonna work against him. Where they're like, people just gonna get tired. Of seeing yeah. Drew there. So they need to do something there. I I, I do think Drew loses on Sunday. I, I don't I don't see them ending Bobby Rashley's Bobby Rashley. Bobby Lashley's reign. Um over over what? Why would you at this point? Yeah. And I think it's an easy way to move Drew along. What I will say is, I don't feel like anything on this card is a hell in a cell worthy feud. Anything. Right? Like no. I, I get it that Roman and Ray is yeah, uh, they've amped it up in the last couple of weeks. But what two weeks straight into hell in a cell? Like, I, I, I just there's this is another one, another instance where these gimmick pay per view stuff. Like sometimes they're just so out of place. And this is this is one yeah. of the worst I can remember.
2: Yeah, no, they really are. Like Roman, wait, no, well, I'm sure Roman can get like bigger beef with someone else to get a cage with. <laughs> Seth or someone. Yeah. <laughs> you know, someone more interesting like that if you're gonna do a, a Hell and Cell match with him. Um, I guess maybe Bobby and Drew though does war into cage because we have seen them do everything. So you might as well end it. But they've stuck that stip onto it too. So at least they're trying to give it even you know, make it even more important. But the card does not really excite me at all. I think Roman's great in everything he does. Still can't say that I'm very excited for, for any of it.
1: Yeah, I, I think Roman and Ray is one of those cases where obviously Roman's gonna win, but it will be an interesting ride. You know, it, w- it probably mm-hmm. will be a good match between Ray and Roman. So I'm I'm okay with it. We you know you look at the rest of the card, it seems like that's the recurring theme in the pay-per-view. Bailey and Belair will be great, but is Bailey gonna beat Belair? Probably not. Mm-hmm. No. Um no you know, way. Is Charlotte Flair gonna beat Rhea Ripley? I mean, you'd never rule it out with WWE, but again, uh, I, I, that's a hard one for me to buy. And then mm-hmm. then you've got Lashley, who looks like he'll go over Drew. So it is very difficult to see where the surprises are going to come from. I don't know what's going to happen with Shayna and Alexa, but at least at the last Hell in a Cell, Sasha and um, Bailey, that was a story they'd been like brewing maybe the whole entire year. And then when mm-hmm. they flipped the switch, Hell in a Cell felt right yeah like you know what i mean that the, the intensity was there yeah. even even for roman and uh was it was roman and jay i think it was in the last hell in a cell and randy and drew which again was quite a, you know a, a, i don't know violence probably the wrong word but like intense feud mm-hmm. these don't have that same animosity to me and it bothers no. me
2: but, you know what, we ha- we'll have the same conversation every year when they if they keep doing gimmick pay-per-views. Like, we really will. So that's just the problem with, with making a pay-per-view hell of a sell.
1: And also, Roman and Ray, it's basically Brock and Ray from-, <laughs> from a couple of years ago where he just started mucking around with his son It's like, oh, well, I hate you now. And I want to take your world title because you hurt my son that is exactly <laughs> what happened with brock lesnar like uh, again i mean i don't want to crap on it too much because i'm sure i'll enjoy it but
2: come on it's, it's nearly identical it really is it's just funny that every feud in this paper, in this company at the same time every year can get to hell on a cell level like you would think if you were feuding in january and things got heated you'd be like wait if we can just hold this out till the summer we're gonna get a cage match, you know. Yeah. It's yeah, they ju- they need to retire this pay per view, I think, and make the matches mean something again. Yeah, because because back
1: again, I hate being this guy, but like back in the day, mm-hmm. uh you know, like when Foley meets Triple H in Hell in a cell, that's a big deal. Yeah. right? Like it's a yeah. huge deal at that point. And mm-hmm. as such, I know he, you know Triple H retired Foley. We know that didn't happen. But at the time, it was a massive deal, right? He like mm-hmm. it, for, for Triple H as champion at that point to retain in that setting against Foley and retire yeah. and retire him. Man, that was huge. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think in the early two thousands, they retained their last. It was still like a really violent place. Triple H and Kevin Nash was a bloody affair, um, yeah. also featuring Foley. Um But i don't know man like as as well we know in 2009 that it became a pay-per-view and i just feel like since then it's just been watered down a bit like yeah i wonder if you did from 97 to 09 like body of work wise against 09 to now Like i know we had triple h and taker in the cell and the women have done some great stuff but mm,
2: i think it's a difficult cell i really do Like, imagine if Roman and Brock get to do this feud that we've been talking about and it kind of goes past just one match and you could have a great Hell in a Cell match between those two, but it may happen in March, it may happen in November, it may happen in a month that's not the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view, like, that would be great.
1: Yeah, um, so Jeremy Bauman says stadium stampede is gonna happen every year. Are you gonna get oh. tired of that as well? Uh okay, two points here. <laughs> One, that's not a pay-per-view. What kind of point yeah. is that to make? Um, two, se- I mean stadium stampede wasn't as good this year, in my opinion, as it was last year. I still enjoyed it. Um, but you'd have to ask me that question in like 10 years, because Helena Sell has been going for what 24 now? Yeah. <laughs> You can't compare two against, I don't even know how many. I think there's been 47 Hell in the Cell matches. Yeah. I, I, I wrote a quiz the other day. It's the only reason I would know that. But, you know, you can't ask me to do that versus two stadium stampedes. After 47 stadium stampedes, come back and ask us there.
2: Absolutely. I totally agree. It's it's not a fair comparison at all. Maybe maybe he's not been watching very long and this is second Hell in the Cell pay-per-view, but for us... It's been a journey.
1: <laughs>
2: it's
1: yeah. been a journey. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I, it's, it's a match that I've loved down the years, so I just, I guess, I mean, it's one yeah. of them. Hopefully, it'll be some good stuff on Sunday. Uh, let's quickly continue with Raw before we get to some, maybe a little bit of takeover, and then we'll take some questions. Um, you said about it earlier to me on WhatsApp. Elias and Riker. Mm-hmm. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. This was, like, the exact finish of last week to the
2: same match? Yeah.
1: What's going on? Yeah. Like,
2: um, it's I All I feel is, like, here's a feud we don't need. Elias and Riker. Uh,
1: yeah. Whose idea was it to put Riker as a face? Like, even if... No. Even if, <laughs> even if he hadn't have sent, like, that tweet. Yeah. Really? Like, him the baby face? Like, uh, uh, they... Uh, why should we care, right? Like, Elias and Riker were together for a hiccup. Like, what was it, yeah. a couple of months? Why do we care that they're now fighting? They've done nothing together. Nothing. And yet they want us to be like, oh, you know, they're going their separate ways. It's just, it's so poor. It's so poor. Like, I, I can't believe they're even wasting time on trying to tell a story out of this. I honestly, it's, it's horrendous. But they. you go.
2: It's one of those where you have to wonder, like, what's the upside with Jackson Ryker? Because he's stuck around, you know, when a lot of other people haven't. What's Mm. the upside there? Elias has always felt to me um, like a guy, ever since he debuted in the main roster, that they've never really had any idea what to do with. Mm. And he just gets, like, little short feuds and breaks and just sporadic appearances. It's that they like him, but they don't know how to use it. Yeah absolutely like they don't know how to use him and yeah their friendship I I didn't even think it was months I thought it was more weeks I couldn't believe it when they were feuding that was quick so yeah I don't think I don't know how we're meant to feel about that I doubt they've even you know went out for a birthday dinner together or anything. Like they were not friends for that long. So yeah, it was it was really pointless. You can't get invested in it. I don't know why Jackson Riker's baby babyface. Out of the two of them, I'd babyface Elias, at least he could sing you a nice little song. I don't know what Jackson Riker, you know, would have going for him. So but strange feud. They kind of look alike. That's the only thing I could think of of why they were paired.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I interviewed um Steve Macklin, who's obviously Steve Cutler. Yeah. um i interviewed him yesterday and obviously we were talking about the whole forgotten sons thing and like you know make no mistake about it the tweet was the death of them it was yeah. um yeah. you know he, he said that so it's crazy that the sender of the tweet is the last man standing out of them uh i i i really you know now they want him to be a baby face it's it's something. Um, so strange. There you go. Let, let's move along to uh, the women's division. Now, there was like there was a lot of women's matches on Raw last night, four, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah. which which was cool to see. Um Charlotte Flair, Rhea Ripley is the story here. Now I will say this. Um, you know, we had the matches where Charlotte was upset by Nikki Cross and Rhea Ripley and Asuka. Mm-hmm. For all of that, I will say I thought the brawl at the end was probably the best part of it all.
2: Yeah, with this feud, I was thinking with this one, like Rhea Ripley is not giving me babyface yet. Um, I'm just I'm not, I'm not feeling it. I think the babyface in this feud is just Nikki Cross, really. Um, and it, they both come off as two complete heels. Um, I just. It's fine what they're doing, Charlotte and Rhea again, I guess. It's just the stuff around it, promo-wise, is pretty bad, and I'd like to see where it's going for Nikki Cross or if she's just going to be used as a pawn here, or if she'll actually get a big title match once these two have their match at Hell in a Cell. Yeah. I mean,
1: Cross was used in the uh, in the Bailey title reign a mm-hmm. lot, so yeah. I, wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised to see her in that role again, even though We'd all like a lot more for Nikki Cross. I wouldn't be surprised Mm -hmm. to see her help Rhea Ripley get to another level if that is the Mm -hmm. case. I don't know what they're going to do at SummerSlam with a women's title unless Becky Lynch makes some kind of return, which is not out of the question. But I think she's got to. Yeah. I mean, if they're doing Ripley now and Ripley Oscar has been done to death, where else can they go? Alexa. (laughs) It's going to be Alexa.
2: It's gonna be Alexa. It will. It will.
1: Yeah. I, I, I did think though that the, the 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 brawl and like you know the, the blood on Charlotte's nose and just the intensity mm-hmm. of it all I do think that was cool. Probably something their feud needed because you know, this whole can they get along was just rubbish. Um yeah. so I guess they're pressing forward to that. I have one more gripe. <laughs> sorry, sorry, just one. Sorry that it's become a gripe fest. Um Jeff Hardy, I tweeted this earlier. What a waste having that man. Okay, I mean, first of all, him and John Morrison was a fun match while it lasted. That's fine. John Morrison goes over him. It's one of those matches where I was like, I'm not going to moan too yeah. much. You know, Jeff beat Cedric last week, so I thought, oh, maybe Jeff's going to go on a little run. No. Um, but at the same time, if John Morrison loses all the time, I'd be that same guy going, oh, why can't John Morrison get wins? So
0: yeah,
1: I thought, I'm not going to moan about that even though i just did kind of um the the worst thing is that cedric comes out and cuts a promo which you know was all fine and dandy and jeff goes well come and beat me now if you can and if i lose i'll retire (laughs) on a fucking raw like out of nowhere with cedric alexander whose idea is that that is ludicrous like Am I the only – I must be going mad. Am I the only one who thinks Jeff Hardy's like a bona fide real-life <laughs> legend? Like, you you could have done this story, right, and actually invested some time in it. Yeah. Do, do it at a pay-per-view. Do, do Cedric Alexander saying, I want Jeff Hardy's spot. I want him gone. I want to retire him. Meet me at Hell in a Cell. No. They say, you know what, we're going to have Jeff lose to John Morrison, and then we're going to have Cedric Alexander – not even try and retire Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy wants to be retired. Yeah. He says, come on, retire me, Cedric. Like, you know, like Flair 07. What? Ah, it hurt my brain and it pissed me off. Like, dude, I, just because I'm a I'm a big Jeff Hardy guy and I know that Jeff isn't what he was. Of course he isn't, right? The guy has done, Yeah, you know, he's got more uh, miles on his bump card than most. But we saw last night with John Morrison, he can still go. He can still do things. He could help somebody else, Steph, get to the next level. And whenever he does decide
2: to retire, it should be a big thing. It really should. I mean, I thought Jeff should have retired after that robot promo earlier. (laughs) It's a good promo. (laughs) It's one of the worst things I've ever heard. Um, I honestly think Jeff's Jeff's, uh, at least got one foot out the door. Which might explain some of the disrespect. Uh, I don't imagine to see Jeff run much longer, but it was so random. The RAW before a pay per view to do that—like you could have just waited days to have a retirement match. Even then, it wouldn't have been enough build, though. Like, yeah, they just—it's
1: not not like having themselves full. There's like five matches on it, you know. Yeah. Um. There's just. That's the thing. I, I see people in the chat, um, a triple stroke said, Flair in 07 was a good storyline. <laughs> it was. I'm just saying, like, they, they they just kind of threw this one out of nowhere. At least we knew. It wasn't
2: the, a 10-minute long story. Yeah, line. like, <laughs> Flair, yeah, Flair was
1: very open about what he was fighting for. Vincent mad basically said, you lose again, you're done. Yeah. Jeff Hardy just kind of went, "Retire me. Um, if I'm... I don't... I'm trying to be careful of how I phrase this. I don't trust... WWE to retire Jeff correctly um, no. whenever that time comes. And I know that, you know, this is another salty point of mine. I feel I'm on a roll tonight. I'm really sorry. I'm positive, I promise. But, like, okay, hear me out. Stone Cold Steve Austin's last match was against The Rock. Yeah. Right? Um, Shawn Michaels' last match was against The Undertaker. Batista's last match was against Triple H. Kurt Angles was against Baron Corbin, right? I like Baron, but come on now.
2: That is some heinous stuff. I think Jeff's last match will be against Elias. Prediction. Oh, uh, I can see that happening.
1: <laughs> I, um, I, I, and, and again, I'm not trying to say like Jeff Hardy is stone cold Steve Austin, but like he he has a very valuable legacy in wrestling, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Jeff, Jeff was one of the real innovative. Performance of his time. Uh, God, when he was hot, he was so hot. I don't he, he, you might if you weren't watching when Jeff Hardy was at his apex, like what was it, like oh nine, I wanna say? And even before that, like you know, when he was really hot in the action era as well. He was hot. Jeff Hardy was a really big deal. Um, mm-hmm. you know, if I'm Jeff Hardy, I'm probably thinking, I'll let my contract go with WWE, I'll go to AW, do a last run with Matt if he's able to. And then yeah. have like Darby Allen retire him. That'd be the perfect kind of guy to retire him. Like a yeah. respectable, I'm the new wave. Yeah, this isn't is in no way probably going to happen, but it's just me, uh, just me riffing, Steph. Uh, how, I mean, yeah. how do you think? It, it all said, I, I don't know who would do it in WWE.
2: No, I don't think there's anyone in WWE that really could. Um, I'm trying to think. I mean, I'd maybe give it to like a Damian priest just because he's new-ish person. Um, but I don't think that they're ever they're gonna give Jeff a great um like spawn song because I think Jeff's not gonna retire in WWE. I think he's gonna do it in AEW. So they're really just gonna kick him to the curb in, in WWE, and yeah. he probably will lose to. A Cedric or an Elias or Baron Corbin one day really quickly and you won't even know that he's leaving, and it'll just come out the next day that he's gone. Yeah. So yeah, I don't expect him to get a great retirement ceremony or anything nice.
1: Yeah, which makes me sad. I, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I guess in my mind, I'm just thinking that like whoever retires, Jeff, and the reason Darby Allen springs to mind because he's that same kind of daredevil. You know what I mean? Yeah. Someone Someone who who inherits a- the
2: it. He yes,
1: did. somebody inher- who like inherits the throne, but like I just feel like Derby would do it in like a respectful
2: way, where it's yes. like
1: you know he, he will throw he,
2: pee on him,
1: right? You know he's kind of <laughs> he's 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 sending him off into the sunset in a respectful kind of you know great yeah. way. Uh, I I would love to see that with Jeff Hardy the way he's being used in w- Ricochet. Somebody just Chris Patrucha said that would be fine. Um, I, but I just, not
2: like. Would it be fine because Ricochet's a nothing character? He'd give him a good match. Yeah,
1: unless it. Yeah, you're right. Unless it meant something or went somewhere. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, Adam Pearson just said Johnny Gargano. I mean, if there was a great story back there of how Johnny always wanted, you know, whatever. Like, there's so many people in WWE that like grew up big Hardy Boy fans. Um, Mm -hmm. I just, yeah, I just don't. I'm feeling pretty down on WWE's usage of Jeff Hardy. I don't know if you can tell. Um a little bit, yeah. Yeah, I, I, lo- I just I love Jeff and I think he deserves more for his finals. I had really high hopes when he came back, and I know he's had injuries, and you know, uh I've argued with Louie on here before. Like Louie wanted Jinder Mahal in the elimination chamber over Jeff Hardy. Just he loves that,
2: Jinder Mahal though.
1: Just just let that sink in for a second. Um he loves
2: Jinder Mahal. Like, if,
1: Jeff, he if if Jeff Hardy couldn't walk, I'd still have him in there ahead of Jinder. I love Jinder. He's a nice bloke, but like, I can't say I've ever enjoyed, loved watching him work. I'm not clamouring to have him in the, never mind, I'm going off topic. Anyway,
2: (laughs) that is... Yeah, there's no
1: point. Don't don't hinder the Jinder now. That's pretty much raw, in a nutshell. Unless anyone's yeah. got anything to add to that, that is pretty much. I will say the MVP and uh, Kofi Kingston. That ongoing discourse is something that yeah. I like. Um, there are some bits and pieces, as there always are with RAW, that are positive and, and moving in the right direction. But it's just, you know, a lot going on. Uh, let's segue into NXT Takeover. Steph, I obviously reviewed this on my radio show yesterday, guys, which you can. <laughs> Catch up with on Talksport and the podcast drops tomorrow. What did you think about it, Steph?
2: I thought it was fine. Um, so I watched it, but not really in like a planning to watch it. I was just up and was like, takeovers on. And um, I enjoyed the Bronson Reed and MSK uh, Santos Escobar match. I thought that was the match of the night. Everything else I thought was fine. Um I thought the Amber Moon Raquel match was forgettable because the next day I did say to my friend, I watched her with the I can't believe there was only one women's match in takeover. and takeover. We we're both like, yeah, there's only one women's match in TakeOver, over, And then it was only today that I realized that there were there were two and I did see it. <laughs> but the main event to me um was every NXT main event ever. It's got to the point where, like, they're not bad matches, but they're all the same now. And I just feel like even the fact that there were five guys in it did not change the match. You could close your eyes, and the way they do the spots, the noise of it, commentary, everything, it's just the same, especially when you have, like, Gargano and um, and Cole in there. Cole not so much, but Gargano... Gargano is so just formulaic, like everything's everything's the same. He's like Mr. Scenic rooting every match. And I just felt like the main event was just another NXT main event where it's just the same like big spots, same reactions, same commentary calls. There was, for the fact that you had so many guys in that match, there was never a point where anyone looked like they were going to win it other than Karrion Cross, like believably, mm. they never had a good near fall between I don't know, Gargano and Cole or O'Reilly and uh Gargano, like anyone. It was just always just waiting waiting for Karrion Cross to come in. And yeah, I it was A NXT match. Also, where but where are they going with this? Because now Karrion has just beaten these four like he's killed everyone. This to me felt like is like a, a an end game scenario. It's like okay, well, everyone's dead now. Are they are they going to just start the promotion again? Because mm. who can actually challenge him? And how are you going to take any of these guys as serious challengers if they ever go up against him in a singles match? Like them all like picking little friends to team on, on him with didn't make them beat Karrion Cross. So I don't know what you're going to have to do with him. I want Pete Dunne to win. And. Step- I'm not think, even the biggest Pete Dunn fan, but it was, it's, he looked great and he was the best person in the match. And oh, but Karrion Cross wins in the end.
1: I think, yeah, uh, I think you know I wanted Pete Dunn to win. Um, mm-hmm. But I agree. Um, I, I think Pete's work has been amazing this year in particular. Yeah. Always is. He looked great. Um, I think this year you put it on him at some point. I totally agree. I, I don't love. Normally, like a five-way is a great excuse to get the title of the champion because it's like, you know, he doesn't really have to be involved and all the odds were stacked against him. In this instance, it was like, and I feared this from the get-go, it was just to make Karrion Um, I still felt like the TakeOver itself, I enjoyed watching it. If I was to compare it to the lofty levels that TakeOvers are and they Mm -hmm. hold, and I've said this many times, I feel like if you stack them up, Against anything, you know, generally speaking, that they are among, if not the best show in the world. It wasn't a hot takeover. It wasn't a great takeover. It was good. I enjoyed it. It wasn't up to the level that I would usually say. I, I think that the, the five way was, I you know, I did enjoy it. There was a lot of good spurts in there for Pete Dunn. Uh, Jordi Gargano had a great sprint in there at one point where he was kind of going in and out the ring and he finished with the Tornado TDT on Um there was some good stuff, uh, and and again the the, mat, the the night opened hot as well. I enjoyed the the six man of
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, MSK, love MSK, ah. Bronson Reed, and Lagarde del del Fantasma.
2: I remembered something I have to I have to say because I feel like I've not been kind about this person before. If I had to give an MVP of the night, it would be to Cameron Grimes. Uh, I thought he was great. I thought he was really, really great. And I just wanted to mention that because I haven't really been a fan of the character. Yeah. Um, and he really, really impressed me. And I thought he was man of the night. Um. And yeah.
1: He'll get that eventually. He will get he will. the million dollar championship and Ted DiBiase will line up with him and it will be glorious. He'll be a big baby face. He's got great charisma. And now that he's getting a chance to show the full thing... I think a lot of people are like you, Steph. Where they have sort of come mm-hmm. around to
2: him, and yeah, he he really proved himself um, on on Sunday night. I thought he was really good. I don't know why someone is saying Steph NXT bad, AW good. A I, I have not mentioned AW in this whole discussion or this whole show. I see, then and B, yeah, and also, I mean, I haven't had the opportunity to review the last two weeks of Dynamite, but they were definitely not the strongest Dynamite's ever, and I would say that. But, yeah, I didn't think t- NXT was a bad show at all. It just wasn't... These takeovers have a high standard, and I don't think it was fulfilled this, um, this time around.
1: I mean, we should mention this before I get to the Ultra Chats here. William Regal, at the end of the show... <sighs> Yeah, suggested that it might be, and I quote, time for a change. Now, the wild speculation is that Samoa Joe is signed back with NXT and Samoa Joe is going to be the GM. This, uh, yeah, if ah, if he was signed back with NXT and took on Karrion Cross, I'd be happy, but if he's GM, mixed emotions because yay, Samoa Joe is back, right? That's great. Mm -hmm. Ah, William Regal, though. Coming off the screen, I mean, he—he's been such a great GM, one of the all-time all-time greats, in my opinion. I don't really want to see him go.
2: I wonder. I just wonder what the reasoning is because I don't know why you take Regal out of that spot um, unless you have another spot for him because he's so good in that in that spot. He's he's really he might be one of the the best if not one of the best people they've had in a management position on screen. Though, so, you know, I love Adam Pierce. So, between the two of them, if he's leaving to fight Adam Pierce for ultimate managerial position, that would be amazing. But I think Regal's really, really good. Samoa Joe, um, either he's not ever cleared to wrestle and has accepted this, or he doesn't want to wrestle, I guess. No. If, yeah, if that's what he's going for, it'd be good to see him on TV again. He's a really, really good talker. But, the other thing is, is he too big a personality for this and is this going to turn into something where there's an overpowering GM figure on NXT because Regal is so good at like holding back and being there when he needs to be but not being all over the show.
1: Yeah, exactly. And with Samoa Joe, you'd be tempted to weave him into so much because he is such a great character. Um, could be difficult. Adam Pearson says, I love Grimes. I'm not feeling LA Knight at all. Is it just me? Was the character just a bit dull slash cliche? I, I'll say, I feel very similar. I like, yeah. you know, Eli Eli Drake. I, was, I liked him very much. The L.A. Night thing, like clearly he's a good talker, right? Like I get it. He, clearly mm. he's charismatic, but he says a lot of nothing, and also yeah. um, a lot of
2: people
1: know, do. <laughs> well, yeah, it's true. But I mean, just the whole character to me is there's just a bit of disconnect right now i haven't got on board with it but i'm giving him a chance because i know the man portraying him is talented um so he's i think one of them.
2: i think maybe their problem is and maybe it's not really a problem is the bringing him in with this cameron grimes storyline because this whole cameron grimes becoming rich thing um has been like he's done great with that we've had so much fun with it lots of vignettes, he's kind of really got himself over as like the typical um, NXT fan favorite character. We've seen this with many types of guys before in NXT. This is probably not something that will go massive in the main roster, but it's it's very NXT, old school yeah. NXT. Um, and then bringing in LA Knight, he is a good talker, but he there's just something that's not yet connecting and him contrasting with Grimes is maybe showing that off a bit more. But I think it was right to have him win the million dollar title because I think him having the title, this might give him the extra edge that he needs. And Grimes will be better chasing it than just kind of ending Grimes' story with this victory of getting that title. Because I'm not sure where else he would go from then, you know, with the baby babyface actually achieving his goal.
1: Yeah, it's true. Let's get into uh, the few super chats that we have. And it is your friend, Forever who says, I feel... Carrying Cross is getting too much heat from fans for not being on the level, he says in, in inverted on, uh, quotes, of the other guys in a takeover match. Booking was perfect to make him look like a monster and show off the other skills, accentuate the positives, hide the negatives. I don't think there's anything wrong with, with what Gate Crasher has said there. I understand the logic you're approaching it from. It's just that um, for, for me, the Carrion cross, like my original problem with him was that he didn't really have any his chemistry in his opening few matches wasn't great, right? Yeah. Then then the character, massive disconnect for me. Like the magical stuff they were doing, the supernatural stuff, like why? What's that about? There's no explanation. It's just like, oh, these two can do some <clears throat> shit. Okay. Um that that to me was just a bit weird. And and it's kind of done the 180 now where It's the character I've got the problem with, but in ring, I've actually grown on on cross a lot. Like his um, Santos Escobar was really good. What they did together, the stuff with Finn Balor, really good. Uh, And then of course this five way is another example of a good match on his record. So I do feel like he's growing or I'm not growing. He's obviously a good performer, but finding who he is and what it is that NXT is about Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I don't buy him as this indestructible Brock Lesnar-type force. I've said this from the jump. I'm sure if he was in front of me, I'd feel very different. But um, just the way that he works and is presented, it's a bit off. For me, it's just a
2: bit off. I think that they're hiding his um, negatives and accentuating the positives. That's a great way to go about it. And I think something like the Santos-Escobar match did that or even his feud with Balor, I don't think killing your four main guys in the brand is the best way to do that. I think if you want to continue pushing him as a monster, you could just find singles people for him to run over. I think you've now really, really booked yourself in a corner, Um, but it looks like they're staying with him because gosh, this would have been just the best opportunity to get that belt off him and have Pete Dunne pin Johnny Gargano and win and we can all move on, Mm. you know. But I I don't buy him. He's he's not a Brock Lesnar. There's just something about him that it's he's just not as intimidating. Okay. He's just not quite quite there.
1: I agree. Uh, Tyler Woodward says, uh, "Who is this unknown?" Says he says, "Oh, sorry, WWE." He's quoting here. Who is this unknown? The fans it's Piper Niven. WWE, no, it isn't. WWE need to stop acting like we are brain dead and actually acknowledge their own product. Hashtag Louis fears Tyler. Okay. Um, listen, I, I have a problem with general name changes anyway. Like I didn't, yeah. you know, I, I was the same as well with, I don't get why WWE do it from a WWE, uh, from like a business perspective. Right. Mm-hmm. I understand. But at the same time, you know, like Taya Valkyrie, it was a name that had a lot of value. Do you need to make yeah. a Frankie Monet? No. no, you don't. Um, that was my take on that. For Piper Niven, they already had the name. That's not even the issue. They don't need to, like, legalize the name. They already changed her to Piper from Viper, right? We've already done this bridge. To then yeah. rebrand her again, that's where I have a problem. That's where I say, well, hang on a minute. Like, there are, she has fans invested at this point. Why... Uh, I know that they think that the main roster audience is, like, the biggest and grandest, and it is, numerically... But that doesn't mean that you have to go like nobody then knows who she is or like disregard what she's done before. She has valid credentials you can bring up there.
2: I mean, I think I laid out what they should have done, but you could have even had one commentator to say, who is this woman? And then the other one say, that's Piper from NXT UK. What is she doing here? And why is she with Eva Marie? And then next week we could find out the story of why Piper Niven not mystery woman is with Eva Marie but if they come if next week we have them cutting a promo where she says something basically like I've been saying like I saw Eva Marie's videos and I'm so inspired she's the best female role model then they're gonna look extra dumb for not calling her Piper Niven this week
1: yeah so I guess
2: she is a completely different person that no one's ever seen before
1: well this is it Um, Forgotten Wonders Urbeck says, we are brain dead. Probably 0.1% of the WWE audience know what Piper Niven is. I mean, I'd say it's higher than that, but I know what you mean. Um, But still, the point is, you would introduce her as that, and then people Google. you And people look up on maybe on the network who she is, and then you get attached to her that way. They're starting from scratch. For what reason, I don't know.
2: See, if they don't, if they don't know who she is, whether they say it or not, they'll be looking on Twitter or something and know it's Piper Niven. So the fans that have never heard of Piper Niven before know who she is today because they had to look up who is everyone saying this this woman is. It's like when the Super Smash Brothers uh, debuted for AEW and it was who are these guys and then the comment like Excalibur didn't say who they were even though like they they obviously hadn't decided what to say because he was kind of being baited say it. like you must know Excalibur and they were not given their names and it's like okay that that all should have been pre-planned what we're going to call this guy these guys because then everyone was on Twitter being like oh that's who that is okay
1: uh we have one last ultra chat from kazab phd who says as your number one contender to the talk sport (laughs) quiz championship i'm very disappointed that i couldn't get my point across this evening but louis fears tyler man louis is gonna go running louis going running from this quiz i'm telling you um he's got his back up against the wall but um yes you guys will get your chance do not worry about that now it's nine o'clock we're going to wrap things up here guys I know we said we do some Q&A but we'll be here forever um you will have your chance with Steph to do Q&A on Thursday it's not long away it's not long uh you only have to wait a couple of days I've gone so dark here because uh my living room is just disintegrated um what was I get
2: well you're you're doing better than me because I've read that I look monumentally tired so that's (laughs) made me feel good thank you so much to the person that wrote that. I I do remember who you
1: are. Um, We must say at that point then, thank you very much for joining us and we will see you again, Steph and I, on Thursday. There will be myself and SP3 tomorrow and we will have a guest co-host on Friday. We've got some good ones lined up, revamping the schedule. We will release all of that in the coming days. One thing I will say before we go, I said last week that we might cancel shows when England are on. Well, we've changed... Our mind. What we're going to do... <laughs> so this Friday, obviously, we've got Scotland. So Wrestling Daily is going to start at 7pm and not 8pm. Therefore, we will wrap five minutes before kickoff and then everyone can watch the football. The same will be true for the next Tuesday with uh, Czech Republic. It's an 8pm start. Wrestling Daily then will be 7pm. So there you go, guys. You don't have to... Divide your time between us and the football. We'll lead you in to the football. 7pm Friday, 7pm Tuesday. But I'll be back tomorrow, 8pm, SP3. Until then, thanks for joining us, guys. Bye-bye.